Welcome back to season two of When Life Gives You Lemons. I have some amazing guests lined up so far. We will continue to share fascinating stories of growth from unbelievable people with the goal of inspiring anyone who is going through hard times. I hope you are enjoying listening, and if so, I ask that you please, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whichever platform you listen from. Thank you. You are listening to the podcast, When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. Having worked with elite athletes for most of my career, it's always intrigued me that a significant number of high-performing individuals have experienced some kind of adversity earlier in their lifetime. My fascination into this grew when I had my own brush with adversity, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2020, in the midst of the global pandemic at the age of only 36. During this period, I questioned, was it my positive mindset or maybe something deeper, which enabled me to bounce back and to train and compete for a triathlon just one month following all active cancer treatment. The goal of this podcast is to explore this concept further by meeting a variety of high-performing individuals who have experienced adversity but who have come back stronger. Today I'm welcoming Matty Lee to the podcast. Matty is a Team GB diver and Olympic champion. He won an Olympic gold medal alongside Tom Daly in the 10-metre synchro in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. This shot him to fame, and he was in the 2021 series of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, where he finished in fifth place, along the way winning the hearts of the nation with his kind, calm and friendly manner. Since returning to diving, he now partners Noah Williams, together winning a silver medal in the World Championships in 2022 and a gold medal in the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. So his diving success has continued. In today's chat, we're going to speak about the mindset that it takes to become the best in the world and how life hasn't always been easy for Matty. Matty, thank you for coming to chat to us today. There's a lot I want to talk to you about yeah. and you know thanks for coming into the studio because I know what a busy mm-hmm. hectic training schedule you have so thank you yeah. for taking the time. No One of the things that I love about working with you divers is the respect that you give each other as you especially as you come off the 10 meter platform mm-hmm. and how when you do a good dive or actually when you do any dive everyone still claps yeah every time yeah and I love that respect that you give each other and also the, the respect that you give to the to kind of to yourself when you're coming off that height because mm-hmm. it's bloody scary no yeah no it's very scary but it is it's really unique because like i don't know i feel like in, in other sports obviously i don't know firsthand because I, I have never been involved in a high level in another sport but we we, we all encourage each other we're all supporting each other and i, I don't know where even worldwide even with all the other uh, international divers where it's, it's a weird family vibe like yeah we compete against each other but I think it's because diving it's like it's it's hard and like it's also scary mm. like I, I can't imagine waking up every morning to do my job which is in sports still and not be scared I'm scared every day because I have to fling myself off 10 meter yeah doing flips, twists, uh, make, making sure I get it right. Yeah. And that's uh, that's amazing that you do it every day and yeah. every day you're scared. Yeah, yeah, every <laughs> single day. But I think that's why everyone respects each other mm. um, and like supports each other. Like when someone does a good dive, you know, everyone claps it. 
But I feel like, I don't know, dive in at the minute, I feel like everyone's clapping everything. And I'm like, How, hold on a minute. Like, you got to do a really good, like, you got to do a good dive you to get a clap. Earn the clap. you got to earn the clap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not an easy job you have. And I think the last few years have been a bit of an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. for you. And am I right in saying that emotional roller coaster probably started when you had to move from Leeds to London to train alongside Tom Daly mm-hmm. in preparation for Tokyo? So how did you find that transition initially of coming from Leeds to London? I mean, like obviously when the decision to make uh, to move my life to London was an easy one because obviously, uh, of course, I want to do synchro with Tom. Of course, I want to try and go to the Olympics and win a medal. So it was kind of an easy decision. However, it was, you know, like I was, I I think, so we get, the way we get paid is through funding, UK Lottery Sport funding, um, which is a great scheme. Um, but I was on quite a low level because it changes every year depending on how well you've done. And I basically got told to do a, um, to learn a back three and a half somersaults pike to then do synchro tom. So I was like, okay, I'll learn that. And because I learned that, then I wasn't that good at it straight away because that's quite normal. It's a new skill. Um, and in the competition, I didn't do very well. And then I basically got dropped to a low level of funding. Um, I obviously won't say how much I was earning because it was nothing, um, mm-hmm. especially whilst trying to live in London. Um, but luckily, uh, British Diving actually helped out. And they usually don't do that sort of stuff. But obviously, they saw something, which yeah. saw why, like, you know, the reason why I wanted to move was because of you know the hopes of getting a medal and that's yeah. what it's all about in olympic sport um especially the organization they all they care about is medals yeah. so luckily they did support me uh, to a certain extent um we put me up in a flat so that was that's amazing that was honestly really really uh, a godsend and very helpful my my mum and dad were not wealthy enough to pay my full rent in london you know they were trying to pay off their mortgage themselves um so i wasn't really lucky enough to have anything like that um but yeah it was definitely that's when it that's when the roller coaster obviously started because that was a big change in my life and i'm not very usually i'm not very good with change yeah and the year before tokyo was challenging for you wasn't it with i think with injuries and everything else how how difficult was that journey to be selected to go to tokyo with tom I mean, like, I think that the most difficult thing was the expectation. You know, I'm stood next to Tom Daly, like a household name, uh, a celebrity and someone who has achieved so much in the sport. And like, it's it's different gravy when you're trying to um, not compete against him, but compete alongside of him to equal him. And to be fair, I think I feel like I took that in my stride in the year of the Olympics. don't really know what happened but I just really exhaled um wow. which was which was incredible but yeah the, do you think the, you were motivated by his success mm-hmm. or yeah of course yeah, yeah. I was motivated by motivated by his success um because I don't know like I wanted to be as good as him he yeah. I looked up to him as a child as well so it was kind of like a that's a, special a full circle yeah. in a way like his poster was literally <laughs> sounds weird like it was a diving pose he was like it was a posing diving like yeah. it was mid dive and the photo was taken and I had it on my wall it was like in this there was like a swimming um magazine i don't know if they do it anymore but it was like a monthly magazine and like in the middle of the magazine was the poster and i'd rip it out put it on the wall 
And then years later, I was also in the magazine. So um, That's very cool. Yeah. So suddenly you're diving alongside your childhood hero. Some people could have crumbled under mm-hmm. that pressure, but you excelled. Why do you think you did excel? I mean, I, f- I feel like because this is my best chance of becoming an Olympian and making my dreams come true. Like mm-hmm. from a y- very, very young age, I knew what my goal was. Um, in my primary school yearbook, it literally said... Um, like my dream was to become an Olympian. And then by my, so that was in year six, I don't even know how old I would have been, but very young. And then by year 11, so like in a, you know, I don't know, six years or whatever, um, or less than that, um, it changed. And in my in my yearbook, then it was to become a gold Ooh. medalist at the Olympics. Um, so I always knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I knew, and I know how hard it is in diving. Like, yeah. I don't know if if you're obviously not used to if the listeners don't know much about diving and stuff like China are so dominant in diving it is very unheard of to beat them it never really happens and I think since like the 2000 or 2004 Olympics only like they've only at each Olympics they have been they dominate every single event apart from one there's always one that another country gets that gold medal off which Mm -hmm. is which I'm glad I was part of that because I don't want them to have a full sweep of medals because that's that's too, that's too good. And that's yeah, too good. Well, it's boring anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's unheard of. So I knew this was the best chance to do it. So I kind of, I just full sent myself into. It. And to be fair, actually, a lot of things in my life, like I had, a, I was in a relationship when I was when I was younger, um, and she, I was with her for four years from when I was like seventeen. Uh, I'm terrible at maths. Twenty-one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was like, and I'm pretty sure it was longer than four years, and I'm pretty sure it was longer than when I was twenty-one. It was just one of those back and forth relationships. But it was my first, first love, Mm. Um, and I, I, it was great. But at the same time, I think it did hold me back a little bit in my career, Um, because it was it was a young love, you know. And some of sometimes the young loves are not always good. Yeah. Um, So then I remember. I think it was before lockdown or during lockdown mm-hmm. it ended and that that was that was definitely tough and that I really struggled yeah however that allowed me to just kind of dive deep into like myself and just no distractions all my time was for me not for anyone else yeah and that kind of allowed me to like really really train hard and focus everything on yeah the goal I've heard other athletes say that, that when they really focus on themselves, mm. that's when you achieve. In a way, you have to become a little bit selfish, don't you? Yeah, awfully selfish. Mm. And like, I, I've, I'm lucky I've got a really good group of friends. Most of them are all in Leeds, which is annoying. Um, but they all have always understood that, you know, diving kind of does come first. And yeah. and sometimes I can't make, I, I, I rarely make any of their birthdays, but they all luckily I'll realize that yeah they understand yeah yeah yeah. so you went to Tokyo with Tom mm-hmm. and at what point did you really feel you had a possibility here to win gold um I, I like I already knew it it's a weird one though because you kind of you don't I remember Jane basically put a ban on me and Tom Jane's your coach Jane yes yeah. Jane Figueredo my coach uh, and Tom's coach um she put a ban on us mentioning the word gold <laughs> Uh, which was funny because I saw she was the first one to be like, yeah, we're going for gold, like a year a year before or yeah. whatever. But she put a ban on it on that year. Um, but in my head, like it's one of them things, like I remember I remember uh, I worked with uh, my psychologist at the time, Mike. Um, he, he um, 
I told her, I remember telling him, I have a lot of dreams, Mike, and these dreams are me, like, I don't know if it's a good thing, bad thing, but I'm, I'm like, constantly thinking about the Olympics. And he was like, yeah, what part? And I was like, well, just the the end part. And he was like, oh, what, what, what's the end part? And I was like, me and Tom on top of the podium. And I was worried because I was like, I don't like that. But it was like, well, you're not dreaming about anything bad happening, so use it as, I don't know, use it as fuel. And I kind of did. I was like, well, that's what I want. That's what I've been dreaming of. Yeah. Um, but that whole year, uh, we did not lose any competitions. We won, every, so there was not many because of COVID, but there was the European champs, there was the World Cup, which is the test event in the Tokyo pool. Mm-hmm. So we got a taste and feel for the pool. Um, we won both of them uh, kind of easily. Not easily, but we were just on point. And then, so like when we when we rocked up to the Olympics, I, I I knew, I I knew we could. Yeah. But it wasn't until the actual competition started, and I remember hearing the uh, Chinese mess up a dive, and I think there's images of me like as soon as they do that, me and Tom like leap out of our seats, not because it looks like it's because yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like let's go, let's go. It wasn't because of that because every time we had like a plan, a routine. And every time the Chinese would go, that would that would mean we'd then get up and then start warming up slowly and da da da. But it kind of looked like we were like <laughs> cheering. Let's go, yeah, sort of thing. <laughs> How did you stay calm in that environment then? Because obviously you do it's six dives, isn't mm-hmm. it? And so that you know the Chinese mess up a dive and you know you're that little bit closer. Did the nerves kind of edge in at all, or did you just stay quite calm? So honestly, somehow not. Uh, usually, I'm quite. I don't know, I, I do get nervous usually. Um, mm. But the Olympics, I don't... Because I, I remember focusing so much on my breathing because the adrenaline was so, so much. Like, this is the biggest competition of my life. Mm. Um, I know everyone's watching at home, millions, in fact, which is crazy. But none of that was in my head. The only, I, I basically kept it so simple. And basically, after every single dive, I would only be thinking of the next dive the next dive and like nothing else creeps in like me and Tom basically didn't even speak to each other at all the whole comp because we didn't need to we yeah. both had our our own I don't know plan our own way of dealing with I don't know pressure and, and nerves and stuff yeah. and and we just left each other to it in a way and then the final dive mm-hmm. you enter the pool did you know you'd done it no so <laughs> I, I I knew mine was good mm. like that, that's in diving as soon as you gone into the water you know it's good yeah it's like you just feel the water just suck you in and it's an incredible feeling um i i knew i did a good one but obviously with, with synchro you have no idea what the other person's done but because i'm next to tom i always know he's done a good one just because he's that good <laughs> i've never once thought i've nailed it oh i wonder what tom's done yeah, yeah, yeah i've nailed it yes tom's definitely most most definitely nailed it so we're good and um i remember coming out of the water and hearing uh, the very small stand, because obviously there was no spectators, but all the other athletes were there watching, um, all the other divers from all, all over the world. And they were all supporting us. They were all supporting us throughout the whole competition because, like I said earlier, uh, it's very rare for the Chinese to get beat. So whenever they do, or look like they're going to, everyone gets behind them, <laughs> which is really special. Yeah. And then I remember the scores came up, really good scores, but the, the Chinese still could do it we haven't we didn't mathematically beat them yeah by this point which i thought was good because then it made for great tv 
Yeah. Um, so you had to stand there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I hugged Tom because I was delighted. I was like, yeah. yes, I've, I've done it. I've done yeah. all six dives at the Olympic Games with Tom and I'm really happy with them all. Like, I, I don't think I could have done any better. Mm. So I remember hugging him, like feeling relieved. And he said to me, they can still do it. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Like, sure, she likes that thing. Like, <laughs> let me enjoy this moment. Um, and then we obviously stood there waiting, waiting, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting. They dived. And the dive was incredible. What they did was really good. And Tom was convinced they, they just got us. Oh, really? And he was saying, no, they've done it, they've done it. And for some reason, I knew I knew we did it. I, like, it was like written in stars. I, I was like, no, 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 this is our story. This is our time. Yeah. I know we've got it. And then basically there's a little scoreboard at the end of the pool, which the divers use. Uh, so you don't have to look at that big screen. Yeah. Um, and that always come. I don't know why, but it, the results always come up like a second before the big screen. And it always has a rank in the bottom corner, and obviously I was hope I was hoping to see the tra- rank two because yeah. that means we were rank one, and I, I like weirdly the, that was the only thing that was going to happen. I don't know what would have happened if it didn't because <laughs> I'd have been just gutted. But yeah, I just yeah. knew, and it was um, a moment I'll never forget. Yeah, how did it feel? Um, it felt really uh, it was weird. Like imagine every like all like. Just everything almost like not being worthwhile, but mm. all the sacrifices, like that, uh, sports hard, like yeah. it really is. It's so tiring and it's gruesome and lonely, mm. and for it to all kind of like I don't know amount to something as good as the Olympic gold medal is is an incredible feeling. Um, I remember falling to the ground and I was kind of crying, but I wasn't crying because it wasn't. <laughs> Nothing was coming out of my eyes, but yeah. you know the you know the uh, how your chest and mm. lungs react when you're crying. Yeah. I was doing that, but no tears. Yeah, it was like, like almost like tears. a release yeah, of yeah, just yeah. I don't know everything that I was like holding on to myself. Mm. Um, and then I remember thinking like, all my family, yes, my family aren't here, yeah. but I know they're all sat, and all my family and friends were all together in Amazing. my in my garden back at home. Yeah, uh, waking everyone up. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Mm. And, you know, you said it's lonely, but you did win the medal alongside Tom Daly, who, let's be honest, and, you know, you've alluded to it, is a bit of a national treasure. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel in his shadow? And if so, how did you deal with that? Um, Yeah, most definitely. Like, even, I remember even, even, um, I don't think I've ever spoke about this, because I watched the the Olympics, like, literally, like, a week ago. Because I like to sometimes relive it relived that competition and then it, re- it re- reminded me of something I remember after the gold medal you do a little parade around the pool after you've been given the gold medal and I remember coming up to all the photographers the press they weren't I, don't know, I kind of understood it but it annoyed me they were all shouting Tom 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 yeah. over here and I'm like and Matty <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like and it, I just like and it reminded me it was like even like at that point yeah um, so yeah I, I, but I think that's all that's that that's what happens when you have like a, a national treasure yeah like tom and someone who isn't quite like that um and i think it's, it's how you deal with it um really i don't know can change the outcome of i don't know the friendship with that person the mm. the, the success with that person because like it was not something that bothered me really because yeah. i wasn't i wasn't doing it to try and be more famous than yeah. tom or be well known um so yeah sometimes it would be a bit annoying but at the same time, it's like, well, he deserves that. Like, he's 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 pretty good. And yeah, <laughs> like, you would know, you he's... tell him it was annoying? Yes. And to be fair, Tom Tom would um would, would definitely 
when he can and when he could, he would make sure that I wasn't like in the shadow. He'd bring me out into the light almost. Yeah, I I, I think I can kind of remember seeing an interview actually Mm -hmm. where the, and this is why I asked that question, where the interviewer was quite um, kind of focused on Tom. Yeah. And I remember Tom bringing you into the conversation. Yeah. That's, yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Uh, almost every interview, yeah, that they would always tend to just kind of ask Tom a lot of the things and what have you. And then, but, but I guess because I wasn't used to it because I, I, I guess Tom would just naturally bring me into it. So I felt like that was normal. But then I think then you realise, oh, how, like they weren't asking me anything. Yeah. But yeah, he'd, he'd always, whenever he could, he would make yeah. sure I was in the. Good on Tom light. for doing yeah, that because he exactly. didn't have to do that, did no, he? No, he didn't. And so you came home from that unbelievable success and you decided to go on I'm a Celebrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what made you want to do that? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I loved watching that show as a kid. Like, I had yeah. so many good memories of just watching some crazy celebrities making a fool out of themselves. Um, and Ant and Deck are just legends. Yeah. I um, basically land, literally landed in at Heathrow after being in Tokyo. Olympics still going on because I had to leave like two days after my competition. Mum, yeah. Dad and my brother Tom were there to pick me up. Um, we were in the car, the long journey home back to Leeds, and uh, my manager rang me. Well, it, like he was, like, "I'll oh, ring me when you get a you know a minute. Let's catch up." Because obviously we've been texting, but this hasn't because it was a whirlwind and there was no chance of me giving him a call, especially when I was out in Tokyo. I didn't have any time, and then I rang him, and he that was when he was basically like, "Look, I've put your name to you know to the um." Ca- uh, casting yeah, yeah casting yeah. For, of I'm a celeb and they're interested and they want to meet you to get you know the vibe that wasn't like you're doing it but that's like they're interested yeah. um and I remember kind of I was obviously just I don't know my brother was brother was there I think my mum was driving oh my dad I can't remember but my mum and dad were up front and and then obviously I talked like after the phone call I told him mum was like oh no don't do that <laughs> and I was like what like why are you like what? And I think she was just trying to protect her son. Like yeah. I think, you know, and I can understand that because a lot of things are probably going to slightly change for a small p- amount of time or, or whatever. And she's probably like, no, like my little boy. Uh, but I remember my dad and my brother were like, yeah, like, absolutely do that. Do <laughs> and that. are you pleased you did it? Yeah, no, 100%. It was, it was a crazy experience. It was a fun experience. And um, to be honest, it's like, I think I, I've said it to a few people. Like, being an athlete, you don't feel like a celebrity. I've never once felt like a celebrity. I've never, like, every time I've gone to these cool awards or been in the same room as what I um, perceive as celebrities, I'm like, yeah, no, we're different people. Um, But then I've been reminded by those people, like, no, mate, you're you're way cooler. You you literally compete for the country. You know, you went to the Olympics. Like, we're just, I don't know. But... Do you enjoy being that celebrity? Yeah. No, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, I just like being a bit more, I don't know, like just real. Yeah. I like to portray myself as just me and not changing for anything or person or mm. whatever and just kind of... Yeah, well, I think that's why you did so well on the show because yeah. you came across as very natural. Yeah. You know, you weren't pretending. I feel like people could relate. Because I'm just, I am just a normal kid from Leeds. Um, yeah. And yeah, I wasn't like, uh, you kind of notice on those sort of shows, like, you forget that you're on there with actors and they can act. Um, and they, you Were know, you it's, aware it's, of that at the time? Of who uh, you no, was I was acting? completely glo- uh, um, completely oblivious of all that sort of stuff. I didn't really know there was game, like, 
people go on there playing the game. Like right. they they want to win because obviously it helps their career. But obviously my career is diving, so it, yes, it might help sponsorships and and that sort of pull, but it doesn't help my diving. It's actually not helping at all because I'm not training. Um, so it doesn't really like I just went on it to have fun yeah. and I really did and I met some amazing cool people that I'm still in contact That's, with today yeah brilliant so yeah. then you come home from that and you've achieved one of the top accolades in sport how did you motivate yourself to come back to diving and to continue training for another Olympic cycle yeah it was, it was definitely a tough period um, I was really confused I really didn't know what to do I remember calling my manager saying like look like I'm I'm scared that all of these opportunities are not going to be there when I actually am ready to stop diving. Like, should I stop diving now and take on these opportunities and stuff? And luckily, I didn't because I wasn't ready to give up. I, I love diving and I was young. I was like, what, 20? I was 23 then. And like, I'm 25 still going. I definitely can. Well, hopefully, well next year is the Olympics. So, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it was it was weird. Like I was fully ready to kind of stop, but only because I was just worried that this little I don't know spot of fame and attention was just going to disappear, which it kind of did, mm-hmm. which it naturally does. The Olympics and sport, especially Olympic sport, are only really relevant once every four years, yeah. which is a shame. It's a massive shame. Yeah, huge shame. Um, especially diving, it's not a very well known sport, mm-hmm. but for some reason, like. At the Olympics, it's like the one of the most watched sports, yeah. which is great to know because I am part of that sport. Um, but yeah, it, it took me a while to find proper motivation. Like I kind of just wasn't really enjoying it. Mm. I um, especially, literally, like three days after I got not kicked out but voted out of Amma Celeb, I was back in London training. Three days. Three days. So you didn't give yourself a long. No. No, and I kind of wasn't really allowed, I guess, because I had to ask permission to have time off for the for the show, uh, mm. which gratefully uh, no one had any problem with. Um, yeah. But obviously the deal was to come back to it straight away. I Now, hindsight, looking back, I should probably taken a week and actually just gone to Leeds instead of London, where yeah. I don't really have many people. Yeah. Uh, I should have been with my family and friends in Leeds, but... Um, yeah. Do you think, looking back, you had like an element of kind of post-Olympic depression? Yes, Yes, so, so my I'm very aware of that um, post Olympic depression. People go on about it a lot, and um, obviously I've never been to Olympics until then, and I was kind of ready for it. And I, and people warn me it's going to be big because you reach the the top bit, the mm. ve- most top bit of the Olympics, and so like with that, you know, it will come eventually. And it didn't come until after Amsterdam. That's when it all hit me. Yeah, because. After the Olympics, I was looking for. I was just on that high, on holiday. Like people pe- in Spain, people recognizing me. Like some Germans, some <laughs> some Spanish people. I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy. Um, <laughs> people follow me on the beach and stuff. And then, and then I had the excitement of I'm a celeb. Did that, and then it was on boom back to reality training. That's when it all hit me, and I, I like I really struggled. I luckily lived with my best mate from Leeds, Aidan. Um, and that was very helpful. If I was probably on my own, I would have struggled big time to just, I don't know, dive and carry yeah. on diving. Um, so, so how did you get through it? Um, I kind of just, like, just not pushed through, but I had a lot a, a lot of discussions with, like, people like my mum, my dad, 
my manager, my friends. And they said like, you know, if you, what got you there in the first place? And I was like, well, training, diving. I was mm. like, yeah, like, I, I, I was just worried that none of these opportunities was going to ever come again. And when you've had a feel for these things, it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I want that again. Like, so it was like, well, do it again. Yeah. Train, train another four, well, three years to the next Olympics and do it again. And then you'll get it again. And I was like, oh, okay. And that kind of made sense to me. Um, and are you enjoying it again now? Yes, I am. I am now. I am definitely enjoying it. Um, for sure. It feels normal. Yeah. It feels like it's my, it's my day job. Um, it's what I love to do. And we are now like, we're in the middle, literally in the middle of like flying everywhere uh, mm. for competitions, which is the thing that, you know, competing is the f- thing we train for. Yeah. Training's horrible and hard and not always fun. Yeah. The competing is the fun bit. Yeah, and you and Noah just got a silver medal, didn't you, at the World Cup just yeah, last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, literally last week in China, we got a silver medal um, with a good score, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, so that's brilliant. But yeah. As Olympic champion, do you feel extra pressure now? Um, yes and no. No, no, no. There's no yes. I don't. Um, I I know people think that I might have extra pressure. I remember Alex, because my, Jane, my coach, she had a year out after the Olympics, which is also something I struggled with. When Tom, the people that I could relate with the Olympics and winning that gold was Jane and Tom. They were the only people that knew how that felt and they were both not there. Um, Tom Tom took a year out and is still taking that year out. Um, and Jane also took a year out. So that was also a really tough thing for me because I'd look around and no one, I, I couldn't relate to anyone. So that's something I really struggled with, but I'd you know try and meet up with Tom as much as I could and FaceTime Jane. So that definitely helped. Um, I actually kind of with the, with pre- I don't feel the pressure. I actually kind of like thrive off it. I'm like, well, yeah, I might get a few extra points because I'm the Olympic champion, sort of yeah. thing. Like, and that is a thing in in judges in judge sports. Like, yeah, the the more well known athletes, the more successful athletes. Don't get high, they don't get loads of points more, but they might get a half a point more. Mm. And I don't disagree with that. I'm like, well, they deserve it. Like they've yeah. worked their ass off and they're really good, yeah. sort of thing. So, like as a joke, I always say, well, you know, I got an extra half point. You know, <laughs> an Olympic champion. Yeah. So you thrive under pressure. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about you having a difficult few years, this emotional roller coaster, and then you know, sadly as well, at the end of last year, your dad died mm-hmm. unexpectedly, which you know, again, I'm so I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I know it's quite early on in your grieving process, mm. but how are you now? Has that changed your outlook on life at all? And has it changed your career yet in any way? Yeah, like that that was a, that came all very horribly shocking and sudden. Um, nothing, you know, nothing can prepare you for any of that sort of stuff. Um, and like I remember I went, I was, I was basically only out of training for two weeks. I went back to Leeds. Um, but to be fair, like I kind of wanted to go back to training really quickly because it's the thing I love to do. It's the thing my dad l- loved. Uh, he loved being a part of it and being involved. And like I'm like glad I got into diving because yeah. we we you know we bonded over that throughout the whole year throughout his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, well, my whole life. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's really it's a really it's a really weird one. Like the the grieving process. Like I, I'm still still in the the do not believe it kind of mm-hmm. area um for sure like I, I, I like this this recently 
after my that was the first competition I've done since uh, my dad not being around in, in China last week um, and I was you know I was like worried about like how I might feel and stuff I was fine but it was when I came back home yeah like he would love to like hear about everything and stuff and then I think that's when it kind of like hit me a bit like it just hits you and goes and hits you and goes yeah um so how are you dealing with that are you getting help yeah no I I I am I'm not I'm terrible at I'm always terrible at getting the help but when I have the help I'm like yes this is the right thing I need to do and I'm I've had one session with a um I'm guessing you call him a grieving counselor yeah um that was help through British diving which is always really nice and great that they support you in every other every way yeah um but i've only had one session with them because i'm matty and i'm terrible (laughs) at texting and replying to people oh matty i know but i have i actually emailed her today and we've got a session on thursday so that's brilliant yeah and that was that was from when i got back when i felt that kind of pain again i was like no i need i need to yeah talk to someone about all this stuff so yeah i am i'm getting helping and my perspective my perspective on life has definitely changed like you you have you have no idea how long you're gonna be here for yeah you know yeah no one does um which is which is is scary but at the same time it's like well like live live every day like as it's your last and don't worry about the small things like the one thing that really pissed me off is like my dad you know my dad just retired he was retired for two years worked his butt off at in the same job actually at the university of leeds and just you know retired got a you know nice lump sum of money and never got to really luckily mum and dad went away to this like to switzerland and did a train i can't remember but it was like a really nice uh, they were celebrating the like 25th wedding anniversary special and um luckily got that they did that together because it was almost straight after the um it all happened yeah. um so it's like with with the little things like money and the stress of that sort of stuff like i have a different perspective because yeah. you know my dad saved up all his life yeah. didn't get to enjoy it so like you know i might be worried about my money right now but i might not be there tomorrow to yeah, yeah. worry about it again so it's like the small little things don't let them annoy you yeah. just kind of you know smile through life as much yeah. as you can like and live enjoy. each day like it's yeah last. yeah and enjoy and, and enjoy people's um company yeah and, yeah try and put be kind yeah as yeah, well. yeah. there's yeah, it's cliche but it's true yeah like the simple pleasures of life are very very important absolutely and in this podcast i i like to talk to guests about their grit and their resilience mm-hmm. and how how you've been able to kind of overcome all the challenges along the way Firstly, do you see yourself as a resilient person? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course I do. It's always <laughs> you look a questioning. Yeah, I, I'm always. I'm whenever I get asked questions about myself, and like you know these sort of things, it's like you know you're amazing and all this stuff. <laughs> I just I generally I'm just like yeah maybe I don't yeah. know. But obviously I am because I've reached and I've achieved some crazy things. Uh, but I'm always, I don't know, I'm always like, I think so. I don't really know. <laughs> You've probably just what, not thought about it. No, before. yeah, it's been my life. You know, I've been mm. training diving since I was seven. And I'm obviously, pe- people are wired different. Like the people that are champions are wired different. And like, yeah, I, I do I do believe in that. And it's not something, it's not something you're like born with either. I feel like it, 
no, you are born with it. Obviously, you need to find it and yeah. work on it. But I, I think we are just slightly wired different in yeah. in some way. And and being resilient, like I, you know, I've had, I've had many, many people high up in diving tell me I was never like achieve anything, kick me out of like squads in Leeds and even they were wrong i know even even one of the highest people in like one of the highest people in in british diving um was like in charge of the junior stuff and i he definitely didn't see me as a you know hard hitter and that was his mistake and to be fair he apologized after the olympics there you go good on him Mm -hmm. yeah um, when I ask non-athletes about resilience, and I often use examples of resilience training that I see with athletes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when your coaches make you train without the lights on or stuff like that. Can you give us any examples of resilience training that you've done in diving? I'd say with, so with diving, obviously, like you wouldn't just turn the lights off because... It's a bit dangerous. It's really, yeah, it, like those sort of things is quite quite dangerous however um where like jane would throw in a it's like it's almost like throwing a spanner in the works because on the day of the competition whatever competition it might be uh f- sometimes you can plan as much as you want but it's all you know s- plans don't always work out yeah. things change that's not in your control mm. and it's always about you know making sure everything in your control is done correctly but also being and that's where i'm good i'm not like i'm not regimented i'm I, i'm quite I can be a free spirit in a way that if something happens, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, the, the plans change. That's fine. You're quite That's, relaxed about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, for example, you could turn up to a competition knowing you've got an hour's, hour's worth of training before the event, but for some reason you only got 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like those sort of things. And so my coach, Jane, would def- like we do practice competitions where she'd say, oh, you've got, you know, half an hour to your dives and let us only do two dives. I'm like, oh, okay. Technical difficulty, you've got to now compete now. Yeah. So th- th- those are the sort of things that like. And and have I heard them doing like commentating before to throw you off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. I guess it's kind of it only throws us off because we can hear our coaches do it. Yeah. Usually it's always the same woman, like the Jill. She's she's uh, an amazing woman. She uh, always um, announces our national championships, and luckily she announced the Olympics. So like that was like a one little thing where I felt like I was up in the world. I was like, me and Tom, like this is all very normal. Me and Tom have heard her announce our dives loads of times at nationals throughout the years, and here she is at the Olympics announcing our dives. And it's like maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe that's like well, it's you know it's just like, the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, suppose, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to be someone's yeah announcer. That's true. They're not going to throw some randomer in yeah, who doesn't exactly. know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But isn't that interesting though? How that probably did help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you think any of that resilience training that you've done in diving has made you more resilient outside of sport? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think so. I think you know, like. In, in sport you can I don't know it's, it's like I said it's tough and but you might have a really rubbish day but you know the next day you're going to wake up and go back to training and yeah. try it all again um, and that to me is like resilient training like it's yeah. not always a high it's not always great fun um, it's really hard work do you enjoy it? Um, the day to day? yes 
I, no, I, I definitely do enjoy it. Because if I didn't enjoy the day to day, I, I wouldn't be able to like last it out until like just, if I said I only enjoy competing, I wouldn't be able to like live with myself diving every day if I didn't enjoy it. To then only enjoying it when I'm competing, because I, I do truly believe like if you don't enjoy something, don't do it. Like yeah, like obviously some circumstances you can't always have that decision, but I think in sport you definitely can. So if you're not loving it, like imagine doing something you do love how good you you could get yeah um so if i if i hated every day i definitely i, I wouldn't yeah so you do love it yeah but there are the with everything there are ups and downs yeah. um and i always try and keep like it all quite steady because when i was younger i used to have like amazing days and then really bad days and it would just be like a constant like not good yeah. um but then I think as I've grown old, I think that comes with age. I've kept it quite steady yeah. on a on a weekly basis, but we sometimes have a few hiccups. Yeah, so that I was going to ask you actually if there's any specific strategies you've used that you think have helped you get to where you are today. So one of them is you've kept it quite steady. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you've specifically used, like, you know, things like, I don't know, mindfulness or yoga? Or... So I, I haven't, I guess... I haven't used it recently, but I think the reason is is because I used to do a lot of mindfulness, um, mindfulness app, yeah, yeah, that one. Um, I used to do a lot of that um, prior to the Olympics, um, and I'd do it almost every day in between training. I just put it on, do a twenty-minute one, and just kind of like it was my way of like relaxing. Mm. Um, and I'd do it also when I'm when I go on trips when I struggle to fall asleep because of jet lag, I would put it on and, and then usually I'd fall asleep, uh, which would be great. Um, and then I think I got to a point now where I don't need someone telling me, you know, like, feel the sun rise through your body. I don't know. Like, I already know, kind of, I don't need someone to tell me how to do it. Yeah. I can just close my eyes wherever I am. I don't need to be laid down either and kind of just, you know, do a, a body scan almost and and feel slightly relaxed so without all of that uh work i did with mindfulness i wouldn't be able to just implement it like in my day-to-day now that's really interesting yeah and i think it's really important that kind of mindfulness breathing work and i think probably not enough people do it Mm -hmm. i agree you know like i feel like the brain and the body is like it's so in tune yeah well, um, I read, that, you know, a really interesting quote. There is no mind without body and no body without mind. Yeah. Which, it's so true. Yeah. So we need to control our mind if we want to improve our body. Yeah. And I, I, you do forget it sometimes. But you reminded me, actually, a couple of weeks back when I was I was quite heavily injured at the start of this year. I had a really bad back and a, and a, and a sprained uh, ligament in my wrist. And, like, now looking back at it, of course I was injured. I took the the amount of trauma I went through at the end of last year and then just kind of rushing back and not rushing but I wanted to but going back into diving and trying to trying to be ready like of course something was going to go wrong and I remember yeah. you you kind of saying like maybe you know maybe you just you know need to have like a bit of like I don't know time off for your mind almost yeah exactly and I remember thinking like yeah, actually oh there you go I got yeah. it right for once yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. um, final question, Matty. If you could go back in time to when things were at their toughest over this emotional roller coaster we've discussed, mm-hmm. if you could have told yourself one thing as you were going through difficult times, what do you wish you could have told yourself? I'd probably, I, I would 
because I remember stressing hard, like, you know, stressing so hard about this, like, you know, I moved everything, like, this is, like, what I wanted to do, and imagine if it didn't work out, like, I was really stressed about it. But I'd probably go and tell tell him um, back then that, you know, you're like, yeah, it's, it's cliche as well, but, like, everything will work out how it's meant to work out. Um, and also... Whenever I find myself in a brut, like if in a hole, whatever, like the especially even sport and anything, I think the days where you are struggling the most are the most important days, because you know when you when you're having a great day, that's all well and good. Um, but do you learn from anything, like from that good day? Probably not, because yeah. you won't remember it because it was a good day. But the, the bad days are where you learn the most. And without the bad days, without the failures and all that sort of stuff, like genuinely, I know it's cliche, but genuinely that they're the things that will will lead you up to, I don't know, whatever your success may be. But my success was the Olympic Games and all of the times where a dive, my, my last dive of a competition would go terribly wrong, wrong and I'd be fuming because I remember there was one competition. So I'm going on a little. That's fine. But one competition, the World Series in London, I was on I was on track to beating Tom Daly in the individual in London at a home competition. Um, I was beating him going into the last round. Um, and my last dive was front four and a half, the same dive that we ended on at the Olympics in the future. Right. And I was I was hyped up. I was like, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then I, I took off spinning so quick, like and I went flying over, flying over, and I did terrible and the scores were terrible and Tom beat me and I was nowhere near the podium. I could have just done an average dive, not being Tom, but still being on the podium for me and the individual. That would have been amazing. Mm. But that, I'm so glad to happen because then maybe two years later, I was stood on the end of the board in, in Tokyo at the Olympics and I knew exactly, I've already been and done that. I've already been and messed up this dive. Yeah. Now I'm going to go and nail it and that's what we did and that is what makes you a true champion isn't it how you come back from yes. failure yeah. thank you matty thank you for coming to talk to us today thank you for highlighting that as a professional athlete it's not all highs and it's how you come back from the lows which is so important you really are a true champion and i look forward to following your journey to winning more medals at the paris olympics and beyond thank you so thank you matty